Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. That's with two A's. All the various social media links will also be in the description, including that very long e- email. I know, it's, I know it's still pretty long. I do need to change that, but it will be in the description. So you can just copy paste it. Very easy. Very easy to reach out to me. So today we're going to be talking about something that very suddenly became a, a hot topic. It was coming right off of I think just the, the patch was just coming out and everything like that. And obviously this is about a game. This is for a game that was supposed to be, you know, the, the Holy Grail. It was supposed to be this, the best RPG after The Witcher 3. The best game ever to have come out in the year of 2020. It was supposed to be the, the game of the year for 2020 for most people. But unfortunately, it wasn't. And of course, that is Cyberpunk 2077. It came out. It had a lot of issues. On PC, it was, it was basically okay. It was, it was running well. There were obviously some glitches and bugs and stuff like that. But overall, the game was pretty good. And on the next-gen consoles as well, it ran okay. But there were still a few issues. So obviously, CD Projekt Red was working pretty hard to kind of release these patches. And the new patch, 1.2, basically is supposed to be one of the, the bigger patches, I guess, that is supposed to fix a lot of the bugs. And I think if you just look at the, at the, the bug list or, or what do you call it like the patch list yeah i'm assuming it's a patch list right like the, the the little bullet points of all the things they had to work on or fix it was like i think it was close to like eight thousand words it was a lot i mean it was a lot and just kind of looking at that the fact that this came out like just a few months after it released just tells you that the game was not ready i think that's the first that's the first big takeaway so i mean of course the main question is first of all can cyberpunk 2077 redeem itself on top of that whether or not it is actually worth playing Cyberpunk 2077 now. Uh, if you've been holding off, I mean, again, like if you have already played it, if you played it along the way as they kept adding patches, you know, that's a different story. Let me know what you have, what your thoughts are. But in terms of the game now, is it worth playing now? So basically, this is apparently going to be one of the bigger patches, like I mentioned, but there might be smaller patches along the way to kind of add things here and there. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, there won't be a, 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 a this sort of, this size of a patch in the future, and which is understandable because this was like fixing a lot of the bugs. It seems like most of those bugs are supposedly fixed, but they are going to be moving from this onto free free DLC and the next gen upgrade. So they basically made an announcement that they will be, of course, I mean this was a while back that the next next gen version of the game or the next gen patch or whatever you might want to call it will be coming out sometime this year. And then also for The Witcher 3, the next-gen patch will be coming out in the second half of this year. So I think the main thing is, in terms of people wanting to play this game now, is whether or not the issues have been fixed. And now I just kind of scoured all over through Reddit, because of Reddit, the, the Cyberpunk um, subreddit there, is really great because you have people who love the game, who hate the game. It's just You just have like a huge group of people all overall just kind of having a discourse about the game. And there were a lot of discussions happening about the patch. And it turns out that for a lot of people, the performance has gone down in certain cases, in certain GPUs, especially if you have a high-end GPU, in certain cases like the PS5 or the next-gen consoles or other other GPUs like mid-tier GPUs, the performance seems to have 
gotten better. So obviously it seems like when they fix one thing, it go, it becomes worse for another. But I mean, that was just for performance. So performance aside, because I think as long as like, it, it, it just, just for us, as long as the game is hitting around 60 FPS, I think I'm like, okay, that's, that's okay. That's fine. Um, and of course, you know, depending on your GPU, depending on your CPU, this is just with PC games, you just, you just have to kind of like keep adapting and changing. And I'm sure I'm hoping that they will keep optimizing, but in terms of the next gen consoles, the one thing that I did read was some people, again, like this is not all of them. Some people were still experiencing this, but a majority of people on the new consoles, uh, at least in the case of PS5, because I think PS5 suffered with, from, from this a lot more, the game isn't crashing as much as it, as it did before. Um, there, there are also less amounts of bugs. There's also less weird glitches. The glitches will always be there. That's one thing we need to understand. It's kind of the same thing as Elder Scrolls or even The Witcher. When it comes to these big games, like the glitches kind of will always be that there, there's always a bit of jank because of how dense everything is. But I mean, other than that, it doesn't seem like there's anything that's really taking people out of, out of that element. So I think, first of all, if you were a PC owner, if you're a PC gamer for this game, uh, you're good. Like, I think you should have been playing this already, even after the first, like, even the initial game, because there were issues, like I mentioned, but this patch hasn't changed anything huge since then. Obviously, it's going to fix bugs, like quest bugs. Like, if, if you do a quest, you might have an issue, you might have to reload the save. So basically, they fixed a lot of those, which is why there was like 8,000 words, right? There was a lot of quests that they had to fix. Some long-standing issues, like the police, the issue that they had before, with the police in the game, the police AI was that when you would commit a crime, the police would just pop up behind you, no matter where you are. If you're indoors, if you're in a basement, if you're where, where you know, desert, it doesn't matter. They would just pop up behind you. And CD Projekt Red unfortunately had promised a lot of people that the police AI will be like a proper, you know, it's just the way they described it was like this proper, almost cyberpunkish uh, police group where you, people might be bribed, there might be corrupt cops, there might be good cops, like they, they just, that's kind of, I remember reading an article about this, I don't know if my mind is also just kind of making it up along the way, but I do remember them kind of stating that it's going to be this revolutionary police AI, like this is like a, a true thing. And then obviously when we saw the, the, the first police AI, like in the, in the original version of the game, uh, obviously they would just pop up behind you and they're like, wait, we're like, what? Like that makes no sense. And then obviously getting away from them is pretty easy. It was just like, it was obviously it was just not good. In this case, what they have done with this new patch is that they've just increased the spawn radius for the police AI. So at least they don't show up behind you. They still show up behind you, but further away. <laughs> so like, I mean, that's, uh, I guess that's okay. Like I, I was thinking about it in terms of GTA and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess GTA kind of does the same thing. I, I don't know. I don't know if GTA, actually, I mean, it might actually be that GTA might be a little bit more better developed when it comes to the AI for the, for the police. But I'm like, okay, you know what? That's still fine. But hopefully they are, it, that, like I, that's, that's what I'm saying. This patch is fixing small, small things like that. Just kind of getting rid of some weird issues that people are like, okay, this is, this is stupid. This makes no sense. It hasn't like kind of gone in and programmed or done like something crazy to, to it's not a no man's sky. They didn't like add some whole new thing to it. So that's not what I want to say is that if you're on the PC and you already have experienced it on PC, this doesn't really do much. This doesn't really do much for you because the performance will be good or bad for you depending on what you're using. But overall, like you will get the best experience out of everyone even now. Even now you will still get the best experience. On the console side, for the next-gen console side, it does seem that 
now is the time to play if you've been waiting. That this patch for the next-gen console for PS5 and, X and Series X helps it run well enough or like to the point where it is obviously not in terms of graphics and everything because the next-gen patch isn't out yet, but in terms of just how it runs, how smoothly it runs, everything like that, it's almost on par with the PC in that sense. Uh, it still doesn't look as beautiful as a PC, of course, but like I said, we'll wait for that. If you're on the base console, like, yeah, I'm sorry, but like, I, it, from again, this is just based on my research, based on what I read. Like, yeah, no, this is not the time yet. It's, it's still not the time. And the way it's going, unfortunately, just based off of what CG Project is saying, just how um, it seems like they're ready to kind of move on to the next big adventure, next big thing that they're working on and everything like that. I don't know. I don't know if this will be this will ever be fixed on the base consoles, like the old gen console, I should call them, PS4 and Xbox One. It just doesn't seem like we will get to that point um, at any time soon. I don't know. Like I, I, I shouldn't say. You know what? PS4 and Xbox One X might still be okay, but again, like I don't know. I just don't think that it's it's worth playing it on the on the PS4 Xbox One X just yet, just because of the amount of issues that the game has, like. It just makes sense to just kind of either get on the next-gen console if you can, if you can even get your hand on the next-gen console, or get it on the PC. But that's kind of just, from again, like I have the game. I'm on in my own way just kind of waiting for that game for the next-gen version because I also really, really like the game just based off of, you know, trailers and what they were showing and what they were trying to do. And it seems like the story and everything is still, like, amazing. It's still a good game. But I have, since I have a PS5, I'm like, okay, look, I can play the game now, but I'm, I have so many other games I want to play. I'm going to wait for the next-gen next gen version. If you're someone that doesn't want, to, doesn't want to play anything else and this is the game that you want to play, this is the game that you want to dedicate your, yourself to for the next month or so, on the next-gen console, yes, jump in. Base consoles, just wait it out. Read more reviews or comments or just analysis online like I have been, and you can kind of make it an informed informed decision because again, like people will, a lot of people will say that, you know, like this is not a game, this is not working for me, this is not looking good or running smooth enough on the base console, or old consoles, right? But everyone has a different threshold. Like I'm playing Twi the Nintendo Wii version of Twilight Princess, right? Rather than playing the Wii U version because the Wii U version is like, it's just crazy expensive. It's too expensive that even though it's in HD, I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. And I'm playing the Wii version, even though everyone kept saying, why are you buying the Wii version? Buy the HD one makes no sense, and I've been playing the Wii one, and I have no issues. Um, and I looked at side by sides online and everything. I'm like, okay, I literally spent like less than half. Like I, I spent basically like fifteen bucks rather than a hundred dollars, and got the the Wii version of Twilight Princess, and I've been playing that and I have no issues. So you know, like you just gonna justify it based off of what you're okay with, what you want to play on, and everything like that. So it does seem that patch one point two for the next gen console has helped. Or the PC has just kind of added to it in a sense, but it goes into the next question of is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven going to be able to redeem itself? And I would normally say I would have going going into this, I would have thought that yeah, like you know what, they are going in that direction. But after CD Projekt Red just had like this investor call, they kind of talked about the strategy and their plan. They obviously kind of talked about how they need to work on their marketing strategy after the failure that was their Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven marketing. Basically, they are. It seems that they're ready to move on. They're obviously going to keep working on it. They have DLC and everything like that. Like, there's no doubt they all have like stuff planned for this game, and I'm sure they'll add a few patches here and there. But it's not going to add those things that were promised. That you know, like 
was the whole it was basically the thing that was surrounding this game this idea that this game was going to be this amazing rpg experience and it seems that those things will not be coming so if, if you're able to play this game on the pc if you're able to play this game on the on the ps5 xbox series x obviously without the next gen bells, bells and whistles it, this is the game this is the game in terms of the gameplay in terms of the story in terms of side activities side things whatever you want to call it this is a game and that it does not seem like that will be changing or anything else like the the police ai or uh i don't know better better car physics or something or like even npcs acting a bit smarter the way they they told us they would be like that stuff is not coming it seems based on their investor call and everything like that they are ready to move on they are they just announced that they're going to be doing the witcher 3's next gen version is going to be coming out uh this this year itself so i mean the fact that they are ready to kind of start splitting that team they have like a witcher ar game i think uh, for mobile coming out as well they are working more on going stuff they are working i think next year onward they will be working simultaneously on cyberpunk and witcher they, they announced like a bunch of stuff like this so that all that tells me is that they just want to get this game to a playable state where there will be a bit of jank but the overall game will still be the same. And since I have not played the game fully, or I, I mean, I've just seen gameplay and, and stuff like that here and there, but I have not played the game. Like, I'm not going to render judgment based off of, you know, like just the, the gameplay or the videos. And I can't, I won't be able to say whether or not the game is good or bad. But just based off of what you can research online on IGN, GameSpot, Reddit, YouTube, everything like that. When you look at people who play the game on the PC, everyone does, does say that, yeah, it has issues. It has weird police AI, it has weird this, weird that, whatever. But the game is good. The game is fun. So at this point of time, if this patch doesn't satisfy your needs, like nothing else will. That's 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 kind of the main thing. So Cyberpunk 2077 will only be able to redeem itself in basically your eyes in terms of what you want from the game. If you want this game to be what they had told us it would be, it will not be able to redeem itself at this point of time. And I could be wrong, and I, I I hope I am wrong. I really do hope I am wrong. But at this point of time, Cyberpunk 2077 will not be able to redeem itself in terms of what was promised. However, they will be able to, or at least they have already provided us with a game that is functional, that is a good to great, even close to amazing in terms of what they have been able to achieve and what the game is able to do and the story and all of that. And all this means is that the next game or the expansion, whatever they're working on is going to be, if it's anything like Heart of Stone or Blood and Wine, like it was on Witcher 3, it will be amazing. But like, we will obviously wait and see for that. So check it out. Check out more reviews or stuff about the patch 1.2 and make an informed decision. So after this, we're going to go on to something that I have been experiencing recently. Uh, I don't know if everyone else has been or others have been. Maybe it's also just other factors around us. But... I want to put, pose this question to you and obviously I'll talk about myself. But my question is, are you going through a video game slump? Now, video game slump is in a way defined, it's not like a proper word or anything like that. It's not like a proper medical definition or anything like that, but you know, there's, a, there's a medical definition to it. But a video game slump basically is that you just don't feel like playing video games or you just don't get enthused by video games or you just don't get excited by video games. Like it's not, like it's, it's only for video games. It's not like, it's not like, you know, you're upset about something, anything like that. Obviously, you could be upset about something and that plays into this. But basically, at this point of time, I'm getting this feeling where no game is hitting the spot. 
I am obviously streaming games and stuff like that, but like for me, that becomes almost like I'm I'm sitting down to almost work. You know, this is like because I'm building something, I'm trying to work on something, I'm trying to uh, achieve something with my Twitch and my community, and it's always fun to kind of play whilst everyone is watching and, and talk to people. But like I kind of do that, and then and then after I'm done with my streams, which is usually around two two and a half hours, I have like countless games, countless games that I bought that I've uh, I've been excited for. But I just don't want to play. I just don't want. I just don't feel like I want to play anything. And of course, sometimes it's because of what's happening around us. You know, sometimes like the everything that's been happening around so many people is stressful, and that affects people in different ways. And like that is definitely a big aspect of it. But at the same time, you know, this is. I I think it's coming coming a year later from the start of everything when it comes to the pandemic coming to it now. It's weird because when it when it, when the pandemic first started, video games was kind of everyone's this little hobby. It turned into everyone's hobby at that point. Everyone wanted to play video games. Everyone wanted to play Among Us and Fall Guys and Animal Crossing and everything like that. And even towards the end of the year, it was so fun, especially when the new consoles came out and everything like that. But I think now that we're here in March, and it's nothing to do with games. Like I said, like there are so many games. There are so many new games, like Monster Hunter Rise that I just got. Like It Takes Two that I just got. There's so many new games that are amazing and April is going to be packed. April has lots of cool games coming out. May, June, like have like lots of games coming out. But it's just something that sometimes it just feels like no game is able to kind of satisfy that need and no game is able to kind of keep me just sitting, keep me sitting with a controller in my hand for longer than a small period of time. It's usually me just going in and I'm like, okay, you know what? No, you know what? It's too late. You know what? I gotta do this. You know, actually, you know what? I'll eat something first. Actually, I'm done eating. I'm kind of tired. You know what? I gotta do this. It's just always finding excuse as to why I don't want to play a video game or I don't want to play a video game in this spare time. And what I found out was that, I don't know, there's something that maybe works with me and you can try it too. If anyone else is going through the video game slump is what I found that is, is, some, is sometimes when I go into certain games, I either put too much pressure on myself in terms of the the scope of the game. If it's a, a game that I really like, if a game it's a game that I'm really excited about, immediately in my brain I'm like, I need to platinum this game because I love this game, I love this idea, I love the whole concept, I need to platinum it. Oh my god, this game is gonna be huge, it's big, it's a huge RPG-ish kind of a game. I need to make sure I do every little small thing, every little question mark, I gotta do every little thing I need to do. And that automatically puts a lot of pressure on me. That automatically puts a lot of pressure where I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I just gave myself homework. I just gave myself so much work. And especially right now with everything that's happening around us, you know, like it's, it is stressful. It is stressful with everything that's happening because it's affected people differently. Uh, it's affected, it's, it's affected people's livelihoods, their financial situation, their social, uh, social situation, their families. Like it's affected people in so many different ways that, you know, like that pressure on top of that, like on top of all the other pressure, you add this other thing of, okay, I know you're pressure, you have, you're stressed about that, but now you, but you play, when you play this game, you got to do everything. If you don't do everything, that's not okay. And it, that pressure was causing me to keep delaying games, keep delaying games like Monster Hunter Rise, which I, I know it just came out recently. I spent like 40 minutes on the character creator screen. Like I was just there, like, I don't know, for the longest time, just, you know, building my character. And then once that was done, I was like, you know what? I'll play this tomorrow. <laughs> like I literally, I literally shut the game off. And the thing that I have started doing now is games that interest me, games that I want to play or games that I just even just remotely like feel like playing. What I started doing instead is 
giving myself 20 to 30 minutes to just play those games. Have no pressure. Don't focus on doing every little, like, little thing. Just play for 20 to 30 minutes. Have a good time, whatever you can, and then and then stop. It's fine. It's fine. Like, obviously, if, if a, ga- a game's not holding you for longer than 30 minutes, either way, that's fine. Doesn't mean that's a bad game. Doesn't mean that, like, especially if you feel like you, if you know that this is just happening with all games in general, the best thing is to just play games for 20 to 30 minutes. Play for a little bit. Play a game that you can play in 20 to 30 minutes. Like, I play Monster Hunter Rise, which luckily the, the initial few mi- set of missions uh, do take less than 10 minutes because it's just like a lot of gathering. It's a lot of like just even the monsters that you face are relatively easy. So it's either way like very short. So I'll like what I'm doing now is like I just like get the switch in my hand. I play for a bit. I play 10, 20 minutes. I, I do a couple of missions in Monster Rise and I'm like, okay, look, this is still not, it's not like it's still, it's a great game, but it's not hooking me because I just know this is just happening with all games. It's not just a Monster Rise. It's just with any game in general that I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's put it away. Let's put it aside. And then over time, what I've noticed is, at least up to this point, that I'm getting that craving back. After playing like Monster Rise on the weekend, just a couple of minutes here and there, playing It Takes Two for a little bit, you know, even for the stream, just playing a little bit here and there. Obviously, the stream is like, you know, because it's like almost like, a, almost like work. I don't mind. For me, it's like, okay, I have to sit for two and a half hours and play a game, right? But like before and after that, a lot of times I do find ways to just dodge playing video games. It's the same thing. Just play for 15, 20 minutes. That's kind of what I did with Mortal Kombat, which I which I streamed recently. I was like, okay, you know what? I do like Mortal Kombat. I do want to play online and stuff like that. Let me just let me just do a couple of matches. Let me just do a couple of matches. Okay, I got my fix. I'm gonna turn it off. Rainbow Six Siege. I'm gonna play for for just for 20, 30 minutes. Again, like it depends on the game, right? Sometimes obviously games can go longer, but just check. You can. Just, I'm sure, like you, if you feel like playing past 30 minutes, you you keep playing. But if you're in that video game slump. Just play a game for 20 to 30 minutes and automatically what's happening today itself, which is today is a Wednesday and this video game slump has been happening to me for a while is like after a week or two, I'm at this point now that I am kind of just excited to play a game, right? Like rather than playing 20 to 30 minutes on Monster Rise, it's like Monster Rise doing like a, a mission or two. I'm like more like, you know what? Actually, I have time. Let me let me sit down for a whole hour. Let me do all the stuff. Let me explore the world. Let me collect all these things. I'm automatically getting that craving now. And I noticed that just by doing that, automatically you can kind of lift yourself out of the slump. It, 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 this is completely normal. This happens to a lot of people. And like again, like I was saying that like this is something that I, I, I wish more people talked about because you know, like everyone's trying to sell you a game. Everyone's trying to sell you all these things, putting all these commercials and ads and YouTube videos and this and that in front of you. And the thing is that you'll get excited. You'll get excited to buy that game. You'll be excited to get that game home. But then after you're like, ah, like I don't, I don't feel like playing. I don't feel like playing anything. And I think that's the main thing is that like it, there, there's no proper written rule as to what you can do to kind of get yourself out of that mood. Of course, you know, there's, if there's other things happening in your life, you know, those other things have to be corrected in their own way, right? Like in my own life, I'm also stressed about other things in my life and that stuff I'm working on and that stuff I'm working on to make myself okay with, to just kind of be a bit more calm be a bit more relaxed and automatically that will also start spilling into this, into your hobbies, right? And this applies to all hobbies. It's not just video games. If, it, if you, it's the same thing with me with guitar. I love playing guitar, but for the longest time, I always find excuses not to play it, right? This is just like a normal thing. It happens to everyone. But the main thing is, I think this is, this is applicable to, to all hobbies in a sense. If you have like that slump in that hobby, just 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just do that thing for like a, 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 few, a little bit. 
and see if you keep want to keep going. If you don't, that's fine. Put it away. Put it away. Do something else. Do what you're comfortable. Do what you feel like doing at that in that moment. And automatically, you'll realize, you'll see that you're slowly, slowly getting out of the slump, and you'll be back to be playing your guitar, playing drums, playing an instrument, doing art, playing video games, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. So I, hopefully that helps for for anyone else out there. And let me know if it does help. Because yeah, like this is something that I just tried and it, I started to see it work a little bit. And you know, I was like, okay, I should share my experience, hopefully help someone else out who's going through what I've been going through. <laughs> so from this, we can move on to games that I have been playing. So I kind of mentioned earlier, I started playing Mortal Kombat 11 again. I got it for the PC. So the Ultimate Edition, surprisingly, surprisingly was very, very cheap on the on PC, uh, which I didn't mind. So I got it for PC. Um, I would have probably got it for my my PS uh, my PlayStation, but my cinema PlayStation is outside, I, and I don't like bringing my PS Five inside. And I also like using the fighting stick, so it's a little it's a, it's a little hard to kind of work <laughs> with the with the whole PS Five situation right now in my place because of how big it is, and like it's not very close to my PC when I want to stream it. I was like, you know what? I do need to buy this game on PC, and luckily the Ultimate Edition was cheap, and also the Ultimate Edition was like not not on sale for the PlayStation, unfortunately. Otherwise, I probably would have would have gone on the PlayStation. Uh, but basically, the Mortal Kombat Eleven Ultimate Edition basically gives you um, everything, all the DLC characters, and it gives you the expansion. So I basically use opportunity to start streaming and play the campaign, which I'm really enjoying. One really annoying thing I'm I'm going through right now is I have a PS4 fighting stick, and for whatever reason. It is being recognized as a 360 or Xbox controller. So all the button inputs on the screen come as the Xbox layout, basically. It's like X, A, Y, B. So it for me, I what I have to do is, in a way, just I have to adjust my brain. I literally have to basically, when I'm trying to learn the moves, because I'm not like a Mortal Kombat 11 Pro, I, I'm still learning the stuff. And the good thing is, in a way, with fighting games, right, like you can kind of converted like when it comes to fighting stick fighting stick is applicable to anything uh you can basically it'll be the same button layout like in terms of the buttons on the left right left right like whatever it is it will always be the same in terms of what you need to press to do your move but when you're learning and you're learning on the game which will obviously have the layout <laughs> it's a little confusing so that's kind of like an annoying thing but i'm getting used to it I, i've realized that over time i'm like I guess because I also grew up playing 360 and stuff like that, maybe because of that, it's like I have an Xbox controller for my PC, I have a PlayStation outside, like maybe that's why I'm, I'm like a little bit, it's easier for me to kind of convert that in my brain. But that's like one nitpicking thing that I'm, I'm kind of uh, a little annoyed about, but whatever, it's okay. But overall, I'm like really enjoying the story. Actually, I'm surprised by how good the story is. I didn't know that they put, put in this much work and this much effort in. And it just kind of has reinvigorated my love for Mortal Kombat 11. I really, I really do like that game. So we just kind of just restart that, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like play online and and keep playing it and keep getting better at that game. And I'm, like, it's kind of become my Rainbow Six Siege for fighting games now. It's just that one game that I just keep coming back to. And talking about Rainbow Six Siege, that's another game that I've been playing. Really like that game. Play that with a couple of friends as well. Uh, it's yeah, it's just Rainbow Six Siege, and I think. For me, this has just become a mainstay. This is the first time a game like this has become a mainstay. Something that doesn't have a loop or a loop progress or like some sort of like thing like Destiny almost that has just kind of got me in. And I'm surprised that it's Rainbow Six Siege of all games because this was a game that I was completely avoiding at the start because I was upset that they didn't have a campaign. And now basically I want to play this game all the time and I'm surprised. I, I, I want to be a pro at this game. I want to be really good at this game. It is tough, but I'm, I'm trying. Uh, of course, other than that, Hitman 3, I finished the game, really loved it. This it's all So far, it's my favorite game of this year. Uh, and I'm going to be streaming it to just kind of go through and do all the, the trophies. I want to get a platinum on this game, kind of like I was mentioning. 
it was just something that I had to work on was to just finish the game, enjoy the game, and then work on the platinum. And I like games that allow you to do that because there's certain games that don't, but that definitely helped my video game slump thing. So I'm really enjoying Hitman 3. I'm having such a great time. Uh, Twilight Princess, I mentioned that earlier. I played Twilight Princess for a while already. It's great. Like, it's a good game. Like, you can kind of see the progression. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm like, I think I'm so spoiled from Breath of the Wild that, I mean, Ocarina, look, Ocarina of Time was good, but it has issues, right? Majora's Mask, like, I have no idea how anyone can play that game without a guide. Like, I don't get it. But, you know, Twilight Princess is the most accessible Zelda game so far. Uh, I haven't played Wind Waker yet, but I'm sure that might be accessible too. But Twilight Princess, I can see, like, the way the, the like, map and everything is designed is a way, it's so much more streamlined. It's not like Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask where you do figure out a lot of stuff on your own. It's, it does seem like they're like, okay, just go here. Just, just go this way. Just, uh, yeah, just take a left here. You know, and they're just kind of guiding you. So I'm like, okay, you know what? This is more of my kind of speed <laughs> in terms of this game and I'm getting used to it. So I, I think that's kind of why uh, Sassel and I, both of us are really, really enjoying, enjoying Twilight Princess right now. Uh, Savannah and I, Sassel and I, we started playing It Takes Two as well. And like I was mentioning, we both really, really love it. We like... It's such a fun game. It's such a good game. Like I, like Joseph Ferris is a genius when it comes to this. And the main thing I kept telling Sapsilv again and again was how smooth the gameplay was. I was surprised by how well the game ran and how smooth everything felt. Like when you press something, when you did any moves or anything like that, it never felt like I was out of control. It was almost like, like the Dark Souls version of a platformer. Like Dark Souls is known to be so responsive, like Sekiro, like it's, Everything you do, everything you try to do, you're able to do in that game. And this game, it's the same thing. It's just so responsive and it feels so good. And I'm loving the story. I'm loving the the humor and everything like that. So I'm really, really liking this game. Can't wait to play this game. I'm going through a weird issue with this, with It Takes Two, where I'm trying not, not to play the game as much because I don't want it to end because I know it's not like a super long game. So I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to just protect this game and never play this game or something like that. And the other one I mentioned was Moth on Rise. Uh, Most of our rise, first of all, look, looks amazing on the Switch. I was surprised by how like how good this game looks. I didn't expect it to look this good. When it comes to performance, it is 30 FPS, which is still okay. Like I can't remember. I think Modern World on PS on on PS4 was 30 FPS. I need to check this. But I come from PS4, PS3, stuff like that from the console background, right? And it's only because of the PC that I got used to 60 FPS and everything like that. But I didn't mind it. It was weird because that was the thing that I, I thought would annoy me, uh, especially having played Mothernal World on my PC. I was like, oh man, this this thing not running at 60 FPS is going to be, it's going to hit me. But surprisingly, it, it didn't. It ran, it, it runs at 30 FPS, but it's very, very stable. Like it's like almost like locked 30 FPS. So you never get a dip. Even when I'm like fighting monsters and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm like, wow, like not, I mean, again, maybe this is just an early game. Maybe there's like crazy sparks flying here and there later on that will cause the game to dip like crazy. But so far, I was surprised. I was surprised by how well it ran. So I'm really enjoying Monster Hunter Rise. Like I said, I'm still early in the early stage of the game because I only play like 10, 20 minutes of it, do a mission or two here and then, put it down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my sweet time with this game. I'm not going to rush through it or anything like that. But yeah, like so far, it's a really, really great game. I think like if anyone is remotely interested in Monster Hunter Rise, this is a very accessible one. This is very easy to get into. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but they they give you a lot of stuff. They give you so much stuff to make it easy. So I think this is like the perfect place for anyone to get into Moth Hunter that was ever contemplating or thinking about getting into Moth Hunter games. So I think that's I'm surprised. I was I was expecting like 
kind of like Monster Hunter Generation, which is, I know, uh, a Switch game that came out before Monster Hunter World or maybe around Monster Hunter World. And that game was, was tough if, based on what I've heard. was like It was like the, the original Monster Hunter. So I thought that maybe Monster Hunter Rise will be kind of like the same way in a sense. And of course, I'm, I talked about it last time as well as more reports. And even when I play the demo, I'm like, okay, there is actually not that bad. They actually supp- they're supposed to be allowing people to come in. But I was like, you know what? Let me actually play the game. Let me actually check it out myself. Like then the full game and everything like that and see what happens. And then, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's very accessible. It's very easy to get into. And it's very, very fun. I think this is definitely this definitely the perfect game to kind of get into. And I think this is a perfect March game, right? Or like the game of the moment because there's not a lot of games coming out until I think uh, end of April or mid-April either way or even May. So, I mean, if you're looking forward to or looking, wanting to buy a game like this and spend lots of hours in, get my son rise. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Really means a lot. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Last Life Podcast. Let me know if you want me to talk about anything. Uh, email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. If you want to talk to me about the video game slump thing, if you want to talk to me about cyberpunk, if you want to talk to me about games that you have been playing or the games that I should be checking out or anything I can do to improve the podcast, like anything, anything, just email me. You can also message me on Instagram. I'm very, I, I respond really quickly there as well. Uh, all the links and everything like that will be in the description so you can check it out there. Thanks so much, everyone. And I will see you all next time. Bye.